Yeah, I asked him once, like, oh, can you run a criminal check for me? I just want to see what I come up as. And he was like, sorry, I can't do that. I was like, <sighs> useless. Useless. <laughs> what, what good is, you know, fucking a cop if he can't even do a criminal check on you? I know. Mm. Good day, everyone. Welcome to This Is Fine, a loosely based mental health podcast with um, some tangents, maybe some personal stories, but definitely with the aim of making you laugh a little bit and also think a little bit deeper. I am the lie you tell your doctor, your friends, and your partner about how many people you've slept with. I'm Ivor. <laughs> That's juicy. I like that. Um, hi, my name is Q, and I am coming to you all in the spirit of uh, when you go to McDonald's and the ice cream machine is working. So. <laughs> Yeah. That that, descri- <laughs> that describes you accurately. I like that. I like like that. a nice little treat, you know. Yeah, like a nice little treat, <laughs> a bubbly treat. Okay, yes. so I think it's like people will be like, "Who's this new voice?" Because it seems like every time I have a new voice since DJ um, quit the show, I, yeah. I I'm looking for a I'm looking looking to talk to different people, not mm-hmm. just me. Yeah. So that's why I asked you on here, and um, our topic today also is uh, something that I think you and I could explore very well. Mm. And how did we meet? I can't remember. We met through Quandra, who would probably also be a great future guest for this um, show. She'd be hilarious. Yes. (laughs) She would be fucking hilarious. I have thought about that. So yeah, she's definitely on my list. She's just so busy though. She is busy with grad school. With grad school and just... Everything. And just living her life. Yeah. And she's getting on real well with her um, co-workers as well. So I think... It's not just like, well, yes, it's work and school, but I think she's like trying to live her best life too. Mm, she's having she really fun is. along the way. Yeah, like we met at like the, the taco place. What, what is it called? Like it's right here up the road. What taco place? No, we did not We did, there. we did. That's the first time I met you and your hair was real big and you were working at the other place and you were really stressed. Yeah, And then it was a taco hole. Tuesday. Are you talking about Phillies? No, not oh God. I wouldn't go to that white place. I would never go oh, there. Okay, because I was like, I met the guy once, and he was cool, but the wings are good. Phillies, like I was, um, I fucking hate Phillies because a, eh, the wings are good, but eh, I don't, I don't know if I like the atmosphere that much, and there were too many white people in there, and so then, yeah, uh, and so then I was like outside of like a cafe and talking to friends. I'm like, oh, I hate that fucking place. <laughs> and then did someone overhear you? Like, hey, <laughs> don't talk about my place that way. <laughs> um, actually, yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's too many people in HBC. Like every time I come out, I mean, has it been a day or a night out in HBC if you don't see at least 20 people that, you've that met you know? Before? Exactly. And so it was just like out there, and I was like, oh, I fucking hate that place. And then the guy was like, I'm the owner. No, no, my friend was like, he's the owner and points to the owner. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to own it. I'm like, I don't like Feliz. <laughs> That's just <laughs> it. Like, and so since, like, me not liking Feliz is not going to affect his business. No, it's not because I'm not, it's popular. Yeah, it's popular. The white people will still go there. It'll yeah. be fine. Um, yeah, that's how I knew I don't fit into this HBC crowd. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's a lot of people that I feel like they're from Ohio or Indiana. Yeah. No offense to my Ohio and Indiana Indi- people. Because I know some people that I'm close to that are from there. But they're right. diff- They're different. Yeah. But it's a lot of cornfield type of folk. <laughs> people that really like hockey. but there's nothing wrong with liking hockey it's just i feel like those are the type of people that would just look at you and just be like "Mm, Mm. i didn't do anything to you except just exist and be a person of color i mean yeah that's that's (laughs) that's basically the story that that we experience um i keep thinking about that wonderful night that we had with kwandra 
Um, <laughs> and then you and I were like tearing up the dance floor. <laughs> I swear when we were done, there was just like cracks all over. It was broken. Like <laughs> I feel like 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 if there was a record, it was like it stopped <laughs> it just and stopped. I, everyone was looking at us but no, i was like oh yes well i am a leader so. and you were like grinding on me and i and we were and i was like going with the flow and people were like what is happening here yeah. we were both so drunk and it's a typical story i feel like on a on a night out with people that have good energy and also yeah. know how to dance and like all, I, I will know. cut up this rug okay? i remember when you were like oh my god finally someone who can dance <laughs> No, for real. It's great. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, yeah, so we've known each other in that kind of like party sense, mm -hmm. but also have had some light, I don't like to say light to deep discussions, but we, you know, we, we've gotten there. We be vibing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I really, one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you here is not just because of that, but I do love like your unique voice. And I think like having a unique Thank voice you. on like a... a, a a show or a program helps keep people's attention and mm. i want to talk a little bit about you know prince charles dying <laughs> because the death like, like laughter right after <laughs> <laughs> but honestly i don't feel bad in making a joke about that man's death yeah. because honestly he probably died in like 1994 really like <laughs> <laughs> he's just like a prop yeah basically yeah. i mean he basically was at, at this point yeah like a lot of people were upset that he died but i'm just mm. like why like why why is a why is a person who has directly benefited from colonization the dehumanization the erasure of a group of people on different continents why is that person's death celebrated or life celebrated or mourned when do you know what i'm where i'm coming from from yeah this? Like, yeah yeah i mean because he wasn't the greatest person yeah. ever and he like actively like yeah. said like fucked up comments and yeah things like that and yeah. considering his age he most likely is a fucking racist <laughs> i mean yeah like old white man and also his family has like nazis in it his well, sisters are, are nazis and they married nazis so and so you yeah. want me to be sad because this white man died like oh he was almost almost 100 who the fuck cares you know the reason why he lived to 100 by pillaging the resources and lives from other countries that He's gave him the privilege sucker. that gave him the yeah. privilege and the 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 the, the health benefits the money the comfort that it brings mm -hmm. for you to live your life stress free for you to be able to to live up to 100 while you give stress to other people he may not have done it directly but him benefiting from it oh actually no sure. actually it is directly you know it's very closely yeah. linked to that family so you know if you say if you're the type of person that say oh you know we should respect all people i'm just gonna tell you you can fuck far <laughs> off on that kumbaya fucking horse that you came on yeah. in on it's you can miss me with that bullshit like dmx dying was a lot like more oh, impactful sure. and not that we can con compare people's lives like that mm -hmm. but you know what i'm just gonna go and fucking head and fucking do it dmx added more like value to my life than prince fucking charles did. oh for the or culture prince fucking Philip. i don't know mm -hmm. who the fuck whatever prince he is mm -hmm. yeah for the culture right yeah or at least for our culture i think in the uk like people were sad because he's a integral part of their culture and that's why they were upset about it but i think there's a lot of people that also didn't give two shits and yeah, they were oh, kind of like, ding dong, the old motherfucker's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, okay, in other news. In other news, yeah. right. Um, I don't know. but and, and South Africa is part of the Commonwealth. So mm. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and pledge allegiance to that motherfucking racist. I, yeah. Why would I do that? Like, I don't know. I'm sorry, but you can keep your white tears for yourself. Like, keep them. Yeah, it's... I, 
I'm like, thank goodness I don't know anyone that was actually sad or or affected by this. I do. More, you did. Yeah. You do? What What were people saying? Like, no, he's listening to this. Yeah, he's listening to this right now. <laughs> Who? King, King. Oh, no, no, no. Not, not the, King, Prince. No, uh, no. Um, no, no, he's uh, he's from the UK, so. he. Oh. Yeah. Is he listening through the walls? No, no, no. I mean, he's like, I'm saying right now as if he's listening to like, oh. as if the podcast is happening <laughs> right now. <laughs> but. Um, oh, I was like, oh, can he hear us through the windows? fuck off with that prince bullshit yeah basically um but each to their own i guess but like Mm. don't come to me with that shit you know who i am like i'm not gonna be yeah i'm not uh, gonna have sympathy or or empathy for you for a colonizer person yeah no yeah yeah and he and he was unapologetic like about About the way that he carried himself like he's one of those people that just thought it's just a joke. It's not just a joke. It's the way that you actually felt yeah. about people and groups of people. Yeah. And you can't hide everything behind humor. No, you can't hide everything yeah. behind At humor. At least not the way that black people can. Oh, we put some <laughs> that's spice our gift. to it. I, honestly, that is our gift. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's We very have true. the right. You know what I do feel self-conscious about is the fact that I'm like light-skinned. Mm-hmm. And you know, like w- if you see a photo of my family, you see like one uncle who's like really dark and then mm. you see another one that's like really light. And then like gen- as genetics would have it, we are mostly light-skinned people with here and there you see like darker skinned. And so, like, and one sure way that you can tell that we are black is by the kink in our hair. Yeah. Is that we all have that kink in our hair. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, maybe by the lips or, like, the eyebrows or something. But or you the can, nose. Or the nose, you know. Like, my mom had this, like, massive, like, African, beautiful, like, nose. But on a light-skinned complexion, it was all, like, it looked... Yeah, like, like an interesting uh, jigsaw mix, right. puzzle. Like, as genetics would but, have it. But beautiful. But a beautiful, beautiful jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> Genetic jigsaw puzzle. Yes. Uh, I especially wanted to talk to you because you're Afro-Latina, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dominican and Haitian. Dominican and Haitian. So what it's a the, lovely combination. So it's the Dominican part that yeah. makes uh, me the Latina part. Latina, yeah. But both um, sides are black though yeah so well, then obviously yeah. yeah obviously so mm-hmm. then you have that intersectional existence like mm-hmm. that that that's where you come along where as a white person would just be white and male yeah. or white and woman like you have like a woman you're afro you're latina you're uh and like mm, i don't know your sexuality i've never asked about that oh not okay. that you should have to like <laughs> disclose no, no, it no, here I would, okay honestly oh no it's fine i mean sexuality is a spectrum right but honestly Honestly, i would just say i'm straight but like maybe like 10 percent gay i can enjoy like making out with with a woman and why shouldn't you but i don't want to suck oh no i could suck on a titty but i don't want to go lower than that okay okay you're (laughs) not going to the puss (laughs) no no sometimes i wonder like oh maybe at one point maybe i should try to go on a date so see here's the thing (laughs) like i like for now i would say gay but then also I have had sex with women. Yeah. And Did I'm, you enjoy it? Yes. Immensely. Ooh, I yeah. love going down <laughs> on women. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's like the extra level. Like, yeah, that's the Because extra it's level. like stimulation on a penis. Like if you close your eyes, like things feel good, right? <laughs> exactly. But But like For the a, going down, like I feel like that's kind of the indicator if you enjoy it. You enjoy it. Th- th- because you willingly there, yeah. go there. So, mm-hmm. so I know fully that I'm bisexual. Yeah. But... At this stage of my life, I mm-hmm. only date men. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm no longer bisexual. Mm-mm. It's just like, this is the fray. I don't know, maybe next year, maybe tomorrow. I don't know how, know how the fuck <laughs> this shit works. I would feel, you know what? I need some 
the JJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think it, I think it ebbs and 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 flows. flows. I mean, I think it's something that's naturally within us. Yeah, but um, yeah, especially as we learn more about intersex people and like different mm. identities and yeah, uh, just because we lived in a society that says male and female and that's the way it is, then you know, it doesn't mean that that's the way the world works. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, with um, learning like all these different ways that to label yourself sometimes i wonder like i'm like mm, i guess i wouldn't say bye but then the thing with me making out with girls and being and like getting some type of pleasure from that i tell myself it's not really like oh i seek out a woman that i want to make out with tonight or a man that I it's just it lips are lips and lips are lips and, and, and a body feels good exactly which makes you think oh then maybe it's like pan or some oh, that's probably incorrect oh god i don't know but the one where it's like <laughs> It doesn't really. It's about people. It's about people. It's not about, about who you gender. Are. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So what you just said just like made me think of like a Lizzo song lyrics, like lips are lips and a body feels good, like Ooh. or like something like Megan <laughs> Thee Stallion or something. Yeah. <laughs> or I feel like Megan Trainer might say something like that. She's uh, very about body positivity. She, oh, she's cute. Though. She's cute. It's just uh, I'm so over her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's kids bop Lizzo. She's kids bop. <laughs> she's kids bop Lizzo, and she means well. I okay, feel like she's so a Megan Trainer is the yeah. unspiced chicken. Lizzo is the <laughs> the black chicken. Okay. <laughs> yes, but like a li- like a lime chicken Ooh. or like, I don't know, like a no, like a southern deep fried chicken. Ooh, yeah, okay. like a lemon pepper. <laughs> yes, I'm like all a- about sauces. Um, very saucy. <laughs> um, something horrible happened, and. There's always something horrible happening in the yeah. world, isn't there? Like yeah. every fucking day. Yeah. And so our oh, talk. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to existence. Welcome to existence. <laughs> and um, just to segue ungracefully, one thing that I'm very upset about is while well, people are so like, oh, Prince Philip. But then like I look at like Brianna Taylor, for instance, and mm-hmm. I know it's different countries, but how she never got any justice. But the white neighbor's wall or the white neighbor whose wall got damaged by the bullets that didn't land in her body but happened to damage the wall of the bedroom, the adjoining bedroom, or the the, the adjacent or connecting. Not, it's not connecting, but it's like just yeah. the, the other apartment. Mm-hmm. And how that neighbor got more justice than Brianna Taylor, who was just sleeping, and she was shot dead by a trigger-happy fucking white police officer. Like... Yeah, I, we care I, more about walls than uh, we do about... Black women. No, we care more about a white person's wall than we do about a black <laughs> yeah, woman. Yeah. Like, that's just it. Mm-hmm. And so for for anyone to come to me with Prince Philip, you can fuck far off, like I said before. Yeah, do you want to talk about uh, Chauvinant? Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of things happening this week in this very short week of time. So <sighs> right now we have the trial going for the murder of George Floyd. And uh, What is it, like a less than a year later? Yeah, yeah. Less than a year, yeah. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, it really has been just one year, but yeah. so many things have been oh, happening. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going on right now, and it seems like there's a lot of evidence, actually. The the prosecution has a lot of great uh, witnesses and um, evidence against him, and it, it, it seems like he might actually, you know, be found guilty. But at the same time, we don't want to have too much hope about this because a lot of times there has been a lot of evidence or it seems like it's been an open and shut case. And then here we go, found not guilty. And it's just the emotional roller coaster of watching these things and wanting to be invested because, well, one, it's something that's happening to us. And at the same time, it's important to be informed. 
um, and it's history. It people is, people should be paying attention. Although I understand if people need to take a step back because mental health. But honestly, it it's it's important to to stay tuned. Yeah, there there's a chance that I mean a high chance. It, it's more likely that he'll be found not guilty yeah. in, instead of well looking guilty. at history yeah. and the way that um, police have been trialed, mm-hmm. he most likely will not be found guilty. And um, what you just said about like the emotions involved, it made me think of the one guy who was testifying and then the defense was like um, trying to use their anger mm. as like saying black people hate Derek and he they want him to go to jail or whatever. And they asked him, um, are you are you shouting because you're angry? And he's like, I'm shouting because I need to be heard. And that was such a powerful moment for me. Um, it it's powerful and emotional and y- mm. I have to take a step back because I'm extremely sensitive these days to just yeah. white people being white. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've had enough of this. Like, honestly, it's too much. It's, it's, it just reminds me actually of when, so probably the listeners probably know this, but Ivor lives in Seoul, Korea and I obviously do yeah. as well. And uh, I was with Quandra actually and we were in the train station going, one of these train stations in Seoul going down a long ass escalator. So we were going down and these three white boys were going up <sighs> and they yelled at me and uh, my friend or my friends and I, and they were saying, go back home. Bitch, what? this is not your home. Why are you even saying something so fucked up to us? So a white person who's not at his in his country yeah. gets to go around telling other people what to do. Yeah. Like the- in just like broad daylight in public, just like go back home yelling, yelling out to us. And we were just like, and we're laughing having a good time, you know, enjoying our company together. And those people had to just come and ruin the mood and just be so fucked up and ugly. Yeah, it, it's, it's just like tiring, like of white people just having the audacity to bother people that aren't doing anything except existing. Except existing. And not just existing, but having fun and being joyous and radiating positive energy. And that's is so upsetting to someone that they feel like they have to come out their face and And just like disrupt it, you know, like that is such a like I I heard someone say this. I think it was on the read and Crystal or Kid Fury. I think Crystal said it um, where uh, she's like, no matter how much hatred and and death and destruction that that um, colonialism and white privilege and uh, 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 white people do onto black people, we still rise up and we're still the spice of life. We still rise up and we're still the comedy, the culture, mm-hmm. the music, the everything. Black people would, no matter all that damage, would still rather be black than be an unspiced white chicken. Like, honestly. And that's oh, where I 100%. find, like, the beauty in it. That's where, yeah. like, ironically, I find the beauty in that. No, for sure. I would never trade my background. I have had the thought before. And, oh, as I a- mean, I don't think I'm the only person who's had it. Like, oh, what would it be like if I was born... A white girl or that was like my family you know history or whatever but i would still never trade it though no like i once had a cousin that um said something like if i wish i was white because if i was white i would be able to literally like have cheese every day because cheese (laughs) no it was a thing it was expensive oh so like have like bologna and cheese which is like 
like like the environment where I grew up in, mm -hmm. that wasn't something that you ate every day. That was a special occasion. But for white people, that was normal. So then, oh, yeah. so you you see how children think. Yeah. I wish I was white because if it was white, I would be able to afford that. Mm -hmm. And that was our reality. And wasn't that also everywhere else in the world, basically? Yeah. So yeah, maybe just open up. <laughs> I guess people listening to this could be like, oh shit, I never thought of it that way. Every yeah. little thing has to do with your skin color oh it does mm. no it does and and it's i think upsetting because i think um people that aren't black or aren't people of color yeah they think that we make everything about race but it's like no you, you. <laughs> make everything about race and we feel it and we need to talk about it Far, like again, far be it from me to come to the defense of a white person. Mm -hmm. They don't know that they're making it about race because yeah. it is so That's part true. of yeah. their genetic structure mm -hmm. about their being yeah. that it's just automatic for them. Mm -hmm. And it's automatic for us to go, stop, you're being a fucking cunt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, just for instance, a black man gets murdered by a police officer for having air freshener in his car. Oh, yeah, exactly. So that's that's one of the other uh, main events that's happening this uh, this this week. So, oh, my gosh, this man, uh, Dante Wright. So he was in his car and, yeah, he had an air freshener, but they thought it was suspicious. OK, so then they pull him over. They figure out that he has a warrant out for his arrest. And the warrant had to do with something with having a a gun that wasn't licensed and he ran from the police before i don't know all this fucking yeah life. all this stuff that it's like okay but that's not what's happening right now in this situation but yeah. they felt like they had a reason to pull him over okay so they do and they take him out and he's talking to them and then he gets back into his car right hmm. so they wanted to arrest him but he got back into his car and then but that's not a reason to do what they did next so anyway the woman's like i'm gonna taser him Ma'am, he's sitting in his car. Now, yes, I know that you want him to be out and you want to arrest him. I mean, I don't even think the taser was necessary, but whatever. So she's like, taser, taser, taser. And she shoots him with a gun and kills him and goes, oh, shit. I, I shot him. I thought it was a taser. Yeah, or I killed him. Like, it's just, it's kind of like, oops-a-daisy. Yeah. That, Oopsie. That's what his life was. Oh, I thought it was a taser. Oh, well, he's dead now. And it, she's been on the force for 25 years. And she was also training an officer when this whole stop was uh, going on as well. So it's like, what is this future is officer learning as well? And then something else that just happened is that there was a shooting that happened a little while back with a 13-year-old, a 13 um, Latino boy. His name was Adam Toledo, and this was in Chicago. And he was uh, walking around in his predominantly like Latino neighborhood, and um, the police like came up to him, and they basically shot him. But what happened is that the police didn't release his footage, um, the body cam footage, because he was a minor. So they wanted to protect his ide identity or whatever the situation was. But you was. killed him. Why do yeah. you want, like, you've, you're, you're supposed to be protecting him. You killed him and now you want to protect his identity? Yeah. But it was really just to protect themselves because they said that he was armed and resisting, whatever the situation was. He wasn't complying to their orders. A 13-year-old. 13-year-old. And then it turns out that the body cam footage came out today. And it shows that they basically, one, ran up on him. And two, his hands were up as well when they, like, ran up on him. Clearly not a gun yeah. in sight. 
And also there was no, he, he wasn't armed as well. So even if he was armed, his hands, hands were, were up, up and that should have been enough. But then there also wasn't a gun and they just shot and they also shot him immediately. So quick, seriously, like Ivor, like 20 did, seconds just ran up oh. on him so quick. And I'm just like, what are you guys afraid of? And I kind of think that they teach these officers, like when it comes to people of color, just react first. Shoot first. Shoot first. And then deal with it afterwards because nothing's really going to come of it. Yes, because we have a system in place that protects you and mm -hmm. that can justify you sh killing anyone just for them not being white. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, but then we just go back to the history of what the police was. It was initially made to get black people back into slavery, yep. to get them into prisons, yep. and prisons being a form of slavery. Mm -hmm. So that system is still existing. Um, society has changed a little bit, but also not that much. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it hasn't at all, and it's... That's part of what makes us so tiring. Yeah, it is exhausting. <sighs> it's and been I happening know for so long. It's exhausting for people to hear about. Yeah. And you should just, we all should all just sit around the choir and kumbaya. But unfortunately, girl, that's really not what's happening. Mm -hmm. It really isn't. You can try and do that in your little circle. I'm sure you can. Yeah. But at the end of the day... Um, I kind of feel a responsibility to talk about this kind of stuff, to let other people know, especially white people, yeah. that you should be aware of your privilege mm -hmm. and you should be lucky that you don't have to teach your kid, your cousin, your nephew, whatever, how to de-escalate a situation with a grown police officer. Yep. That's just it. Yep. Like you should count yourself lucky and go out of your way to be an ally. I feel it's a oh, risk, yeah. No, for sure. And the fucked up part is that you can have these conversations, I mean, you should have these conversations with your children and the people that do, that's still not enough to save them it, because there have been people that have complied or followed the rules, quote unquote, and they've still gotten shot. Yeah. So it's like, there's actually really nothing you can do. I still think these conversations are important. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, even then, sometimes there's there's nothing that you can do. And I wish that it would become normalized for white people to have these conversations with their white children about the plights that black people face in America. Just to start teaching empathy and realizing yeah. that like p people have shit going on and, and, it, and how to be an ally. And how to be an yeah. ally. Like, we have this mm -hmm. one kind of like ally chick at, at, at work. She's not white, but she might as well be white. You know mm -hmm. who she is. Um, because if you've seen her Facebook posts and how people kind of like... <laughs> Wait, the weird girl? Yeah, the <laughs> okay. yeah, the Latina girl. Oh, and, okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um who the was white like, Latina. the white Latina girl who was like <laughs> all like up in like Black Lives Matter and like posting videos and things like that. But at the end of the day, when I look at the language used, it's a performative ally bullshit type thing. Mm. There's no longer any standing up like on her social media. Um there's no consistent push for um equality. It, it was all just meant for that moment to get the views on TikTok, to get the views on YouTube, to get the views on Instagram. Uh, I'm not saying that's definitely it, but there was no other thing. Like you put your life out on, on Instagram or on Facebook or on TikTok like that. That performative ally stuff yeah. is really, it's it's just meant for you. For her it's, to feel better and also to yes. appear as if she cares. But it's like, did she send something? Because I know, because I remember this was a whole beef. Yeah. That's people chit chat in the work group chat oh yeah <laughs> so i think it doesn't take that much to send a text yeah hey 
how are you guys feeling with what's going on, exactly. you know, or, or stop by the classroom or, you know, things like that. And it doesn't mean that you guys have to go into a hole back and forth because sometimes people don't want to talk about this. But I think it's yeah. nice for people to check in with each other. It well, doesn't have to turn into a whole thing. But just to know that someone cares and is thinking, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that's like, that's the least she can do. If she really does care. Because yeah. she works with black people. And, and I'm pretty yeah. much sure she... But, well, most of the black people that work with her don't like her. But... Um, <laughs> so she's like, fuck y'all. <laughs> not really, no. Um, it's just that I, I find it very disingenuous. I just find there's something very uncomfortable being around that space for me. Yeah. And um, especially because I've said this many times, me being light-skinned, people just assume that I'm white. Mm -hmm. um, it's only after talking to me, they were like, oh, wait, you're not white. I'm like, no, girl, I'm not. Don't yeah. be fooled, okay? We're, we're digestible black, yeah. <laughs> which is actually awful and disgusting to oh, say. Yeah, but it's it true, though. Like, if I were to be if I were to be born in, the, in America the way that I am right, right now, I would have been the house slave i would have been the house boy mm -hmm. i would not be working in the plantations because my skin was less threatening to be inside yeah. the house i was more clean whatever but i still would have been a slave at the end oh, of the day yeah no no for sure it's just it's fucked up that i feel like people that aren't black are would be more comfortable maybe coming up to us or talking to us about certain things just because we're lighter skin when yeah. actually they should really if they do want to talk about these things they should be talking to Black not people. just us but mm. everybody but everybody, specifically yeah. like darker, darker skinned, skinned people i right. mean we like have our shit too yeah but like they're really feeling the we brunt. have our shit but we also yeah. have experienced privilege by yeah. just mm -hmm. being light-skinned yeah um and so we talk about this kind of stuff because um our topic today 30 minutes in but i love this <laughs> our topic today is um generational trauma mm. which is something that i've been exploring um recently and i'm just going to go into a little bit, bit of what i had discovered in my like research and reading about it is basically that it's trauma that extends from one generation into the next just like the title says right yeah and so like for for instance like if someone has experienced the trauma of racism slavery survivor of the holocaust like victims of natural disasters wars the the trauma that they experience is transferred onto the, like psychologically and also genetically yeah. like in your cells is yeah. transferred to the next generation to the next and to the next so like the term was first coined in 1966 i think when they discovered that there were high rates like of emotional or psychological distress yeah. in children from like holocaust yeah. survivors and, gr and grandchildren too. and the grandchildren too yeah yeah so and that's when the the term first started and is widely accepted now mm. and actually people are like oh yeah it's a real thing even though it's hard to prove because it is all psychological yeah yeah because it's in your genes mm. but it's also something that is a learned thing as well yeah yeah so it's 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 nature and nurture yeah yeah as well it's 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 both it could be one or the other or it could be both both yeah yeah it's a combination of the, yeah. the two mm -hmm. and so like the the big symptoms would be then and i think i've seen this in my family is when someone is born but this person is like a highly anxious or sad or depressed yeah. person yep. like that's a sign that there is some kind of trauma and then yeah. i started thinking about it and it does connect it may connect back to like my mom's side where the trauma that she experienced as a kid but yeah. we'll talk about that we'll talk about that soon um so, like I said, there's no specific diagnosis for generational trauma. Um, yeah. At least, at least not 
not yet. Yeah. What did you, did you find out anything like that you found interesting about trauma? Like in terms Um, of like the... Yeah, actually. So with a lot of black children and black people, a lot of their trauma is diagnosed as something different. So it's diagnosed as behavioral disorders like ADHD, which, which they, you know, those things are existing as well. Mm. Um, And something that some of these people do have and also it'll, it'll show up in the form of addiction and those things do need to be specifically treated yeah but the cause of those things is trauma so yes you could give a kid medicine for adhd and yes you could go to rehab for addiction but if you're not treating the root which is the trauma right these things are just going to keep popping up and keep being a continual um cycle from one generation to the next oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah for sure so it's doctors they're seeing the trauma but they don't know like specifically you know that that's what's like causing these disorders and the like so people if they are getting help they're not really getting everything that they need yeah like that reminded me of some research that i found or like some woman explained something called the like you know how there's post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. and so that she was i don't know maybe you came across this but she was explaining post-traumatic slave syndrome oh yeah 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 did you get oh you got that too uh, oh, so. yeah. My my dad, like, also, like, my dad's a psychologist, so he also has said some things about this Oh, okay. As well. So I'm going to go to the, just to get, like, the listener some kind of, like, idea, yeah. like a story. So let's say that there is a black mother and a white mother at some parent-teacher conference, right? Mm-hmm. And I got this online, so I'm just, like, trying to recall it. A black uh, mother and a white mother at a parent-teacher conference, and they're talking, and the black mother says to the white mother, oh, like, little Timmy here, is he, he's doing so wonderfully, he's excelling, and, and the mom's like, oh, yes, he is, and she's really proud, and, like, he's, fa- I mean, he's, his uncle is a is a um, astronaut, and, you know, he's doing great in math, and he just mm-hmm. did this science competition and and like and like you know bragging about this child but also low-key that is also like an example of like how white privilege has has given you the conditions for you to be able to raise a child with as much um uh, 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 that child has accomplished more than i have there we go (laughs) (laughs) and then and then the the white mother says but little um a tray here uh, but he's the one that's really been excelling and the mom instead of like saying like like uplifting her child at that moment and bragging about it she will go oh i wish he would just apply himself or he would just work harder or like he's just his behavior like they like black women have been known to say that kind of thing um and then let's take that same scene and we go back into the plantations 300 years ago. Yeah. Not that long ago, by the way, 300 years ago, where you would have the white slave master come to the black mother and say, what would the white <laughs> slave master say? <laughs> that boy been picking cotton mighty, mighty <laughs> well, right? Like, I don't know what the yeah. fuck. But like, basically, the mom would say, oh, no, he's so slow. Like, he can't do anything by himself. He's dumb witted. Like, she would say all these things. Why? Too? So he wouldn't get sold. So he wouldn't get sold into, you know. Yeah. And so the that is a learned behavior that goes throughout the generations. And even though wow. the mom is proud of her son, yeah. she has to denigrate him to protect him. Mm. And that is something that has been happening. It becomes part of the culture of black people. Uh, survival. Survival. Not always being able to thrive. Mm. And that's not really a choice, I think, for a lot of people within the black community. Yeah. You know, it's so busy 
a lot of us are like so busy just trying, trying to, to make ends meet and to things exist. like that. But yeah, just to exist that you can't really indulge in those extra things and, mm. and parenting and giving attention and things like that. You're just trying to make it another day. Yeah. You don't have time for what seems like frivolous things, you know, but it's actually what people need to become whole, complete, um, healthy, mentally healthy human beings. Right. And so like in that story of like the mother not um, um, uplifting her child, Mm -hmm. but the child hearing how the white mother is talking about her son, yeah. how confident, and then the and then the black boy, um, Trey, thinking, why can't my mom do that? He doesn't understand what she's doing, like psychologically mm-hmm. and gener- in terms of genera- generational yeah. and she, trauma. And she doesn't even And she doesn't understand. Because that's understand. just a behavior that's been to yes. be dissociative from Dis- our children. Right. And so yeah. he doesn't understand it, but the hurt is already done. And so then that is already passed to him yeah. into his generation. Yeah, it's it's the big question of, especially now for people of this generation and, and even like our parents, so before that, but how do we deal with trauma that's not ours? Right, and which yeah. is part of why I do this kind of thing, um, talk about the show, talk about my own emotions, talk with other people, because mm-hmm. I do think at you have to take responsibility for your own emotions. Mm-hmm. That's the only place you can start. You cannot go back to the past and go and blame those people even if you do it's not going to fix it you you have the power to yeah. fix it now speaking about being able to reflect but also moving forward so there's this african um, ideology that's called sankofa and if you look it up online uh it's actually you'll see a picture of a bird mm-hmm. and it's moving forward but its head is turned backwards and it has like an egg in its mouth or something like that. And what that means is that the only way that you could really move forward, or the, at least the way that I interpret it, the only way that you can move forward is to be able to look back at the past. Mm. You have to understand the past to be able to have the strength and the knowledge to move forward right. in a positive way, right? And I think that's the thing with trauma and especially generational trauma, for you to move forward, you have to look back to understand what your past was and why maybe you function the way that you do or why your mom or your dad or your grandparents, why they function the way that they do. Because trauma is that chip on your shoulder that you might not realize, but it's like, why do I feel so heavy when I walk? Why do I feel that dark cloud around me? And to clear that air, you have to understand why that was even there to begin with. You know, and a lot of us are born with that energy around us. So it's like, yeah, Sankofa. You have to you have to retrieve the past. You have to understand that past so that you could properly move forward with your life. And I think that's that's the goal of unpacking all this trauma and it's painful and it's hurtful but it's necessary you could or you're just going to stay with that pain for a very long time and pass it on and pass it on yeah yeah that was that was beautiful that made me really think and it connects so like um beautifully to like going into i want to go a little bit into why i think or where my feelings come from not just considering my own trauma Mm -hmm. but like um because i did kind of like lightly detail some uh, sexual trauma I experienced by mm-hmm. the hands of a white man. Um, and then 
I'm thinking of like one specific thing. There's like two because I had like interviewed or like spoken to my mom a lot. And um, she had told me the story about how when she was a little girl in school, how she was they were like she was like nine years old. And then this was when segregation was implemented in Namibia or South, it was by, but at that time it was South Africa. Mm. So she was born in 1960, 60, so she would have been like what? It would be 1969, right? Yeah. Uh, 1960, 1970, 1969, 1970. And um, this man came to the school and then had all the, the kids line up in order of skin color. No, not, yeah, kind of in skin color. Yeah. Like no, a no, Crayola no crayon box um i don't i may be embellishing that i think he just had all the kids line up okay and then they would do the pencil test and for people who don't know what the pencil test was Mm -hmm. it is basically they put a pencil in your hair Mm -hmm. and if the pencil falls out then you are white if the pencil stays in your hair then you are um black but he would clearly go to the white kids um poor white kids so white kids nonetheless and they would clearly go, okay, you're you're white, you're white, and the mm-hmm. kids who were clearly black would go, you're you know, you're the 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 South African equivalent of the mm-hmm. K word. I mean, of the N word, which yeah. is K, um, starts with the K. Um, they would say, okay, you're that, and they would get put to one side, separating the two kids, right? Yeah. I mean, the two groups, and then the people who were stuck in the middle, like he came up to my mom and he's like, what the hell are you? Like she's a nine year old kid, and she had never thought of black or white or mixed or colored because we say colored in South Africa in our context. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, like, and then he did the pencil test on her and then, you know, for her to be like, start questioning her identity at that age, then, you know, that's where things start for her. And there's many things that have happened in her life that amplifies what you had said earlier about how black people are just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And her whole life, I have seen the pattern of my mother literally fighting just to survive. Mm -hmm. Sometimes physically, sometimes, or most of her life, it was a mental, emotional roller coaster for her just to be a human being. And how that has been passed onto us as her children and how we have our dysfunctions um, it's not because of her, but it's because of a, a society oh, that yeah. has then um, society that was forced upon you by white people, by colo- yep. colonialism. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's 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 a double whammy, and I think it's difficult for some white people to understand that because, especially people that have had a rough go at life, yeah, as well, or people that grew up very poor and low on the socioeconomic scale. scale. So they'll be like. Oh, like black people have it hard. You don't I know ha- my life. Yeah, like I've I've had it hard too, and it's like nobody's saying that. No, but we're just saying you haven't had it hard because of the color of your skin. skin. So yes, okay, you've also we have like you've you also poor, had that survival story. Right, we've had that too. But then on top of that, we also have like you're saying the external where now it's also about our our yeah uh, race right as well and and skin color. So it, it's it's a double. It's a double whammy. It's a triple, quadruple, quintuple, quintuple, sextuple Grammy. Yeah, I was born with a Grammy. foot on my neck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with a, the heel of your slave master boot on my neck. That's basically what it was for people. Yeah. Um, 
yeah do you have any like did your did your family share with you any stories about like trauma they've experienced or are you comfortable talking about that oh yeah no of course i mean for my mom she well so her parents were immigrants right right so they em- they immigrated from the dominican republic and i think and they were poor growing up so i think there were definitely lots of challenges with that you know growing up in the Bronx in New York City and that was a time when the Bronx was burning. Ooh. I don't know if you I heard know about that, yeah, I know about yeah, that, yeah. Basically, um, people would landlords would burn buildings just so they could collect insurance money, but anyway, people were not being treated that well. Um, I mean, people still aren't being treated <laughs> what, well. Yeah, I was going to be like, what else has changed? <laughs> what else? What else? <laughs> um anyway, so Latin immigrant family, poor. But then on top of that, my abuelo, which is Spanish for grandfather. Should I keep saying abuelo or should I say? So be- abuelo. Okay. Say abuelo. <laughs> okay. Abuelo. Yeah. So my abuelo, he was also an alcoholic. Right. So now let's just throw another thing into the mix. And okay, let me just quickly interject. And that yeah. alcoholism then comes from having to deal with the stresses of life that's given to you by society that yeah. is... Um, uplifting white people and suppressing people who are not oh, white. for sure. And so there we mm-hmm. go, but continue. Yeah, and then also, why did they leave DR? Because there was a dictator. War. <laughs> Trujillo, Trauma. yeah. Yeah, so, oh, but anyway, yeah, he was an alcoholic and my mom, she was telling me like, it, so it's... So he was violent alcoholic? He wasn't violent, but he was messy. So emotionally? Yeah, yeah emotionally. Okay. And she was like... So you, that is still emotional yeah. violence. No, yeah, 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 no, oh, you know what you're right mm. yeah it doesn't have to be physical or being slapped across the face you mean? R- for, yeah. yeah for yeah. you to feel no th- for sure and in many ways that mm-hmm. is a much longer lasting pain yeah, yeah. slapped across the heart yeah it <laughs> leaves, uh, leaves a long lasting bruise that's yeah, for sure for sure and she was just saying that you know she ne- she came home and she never knew what she was gonna get so the anxiety it's like is he gonna be okay today or is he gonna be sloppy and a mess and we all need our dads, and especially women. We need that 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 figure in your life. You know, you know, if you, if you have a dad and he's there, yeah. but he's not really there. No, he's not. You know, he's dealing. He's yeah. trying to deal with his own stuff that he never mm-hmm. got the chance to deal with. Yeah, and then she told me, and I didn't even know this, so I discovered this this week. He was a womanizer. Oh shit. My abuelo. <laughs> like, what? And you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew that he was an alcoholic. He wasn't anymore, like, when I came into the picture. So, mm. like, I didn't even get to see that side of it. He was just, like, loving person. He was my godfather as well. So, you know, there obviously also was a level of trust that went into that. Um, I guess in the U.S., like, it's kind of big if someone becomes your godparent because yeah. that's who's supposed to take care of you mm. if, God forbid, something happens to your parents. But anyway, um, yeah, he was a womanizer. So my mom told me that one time when she was 14 years old, she came back home with my abuela, my grandmother, so her mom, and my tias, her sisters. They all came home, and she said that my abuela was acting weird, which I guess isn't that out of the ordinary but still someone's acting weird they're acting weird so she was like huh and anyway she goes to her room and she sees a naked woman in there he was acting weird because he was hiding a he <laughs> they came home and he was like oh fuck you know we can't my fuck. host still here <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and and my mom was terrified and she started hysterically crying and it's just because now, of yeah because the, a child feels the energy immediately yeah because yeah, yeah. yeah uh, and that's an anger and a, a fear that then comes yeah. up oh shit oh yeah yeah it's yeah it's awful because it's already a level of distrust where it's like is he going to be 
okay and in the right state of mind when I get home? Can he do that for me? Can he at least hold it together for me? And I guess a lot of the times, no, he couldn't because he was drunk. But then on top of that, now I'm not. And already if you're in a house with someone with addiction, there's already a level of unsafety and uncertainty. Yeah. But then on top of that, it's like now there's strangers in the house and not just that in the house, in my room. So now this is my personal safe space. Naked. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And and yeah, so she, that, that was like a really big moment for her. And it's funny because I've heard my Thea's and my mom talk before, like, mm. you know, between them and I just kind of hear it and it's kind of like, oh, like you need to forgive Papi, like their dad, like you need to forgive him and, you know, for, for the things that have happened. And I always wondered like, what happened? And I guess that was just, well, of course, him being an alcoholic, but I think also that very traumatic, and specific, of, I mean, already there's a layer there, but that one moment as well. And I'm sure there's been other fucked up moments, but the that's re- the one that she shared with me. Yeah, in the reality, um, your grandmother probably knew about all the stuff happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's very and common so, in Latin yeah, culture as Yeah, I think well. it's common in many cultures, really, because my dad was very much similar Mm. Um, and then I also witnessed physical abuse that uh, my dad was, you know, abusing my mom. And um, I was eight years old and my mom didn't know that I... Witnessed? I was eight years old and my mom didn't know... No, no, I was younger than eight. Yeah. Um, my mom didn't know that I had remembered this, but I did. And we spoke about it a lot. And I said that it's so powerful in my mind is that, um, you know, just came out into the past, like from the passageway into like the living area. Mm-hmm. And he was like abusing her and she was crying and like all the stuff. And and I was, I got angry and like there were things, I remember there being objects. I don't know which object, I know, I know one was red. And I began throwing them at him and throwing and like, I was just like, leave her alone and throwing it and throwing it. And um, something then happened and then, and he's like, he, he says, see, like he says in Afrikaans, he says, I'm like, sin, uh, and it's like he says see that child hates me and I said yes I hate you because you're hurting my mother mm-hmm. I remember those words as you know vividly yeah. as, and um, and like I think that was one of the moments that had pushed me into uh, adulthood now when that happens like it affects yeah. my brain development because it affects the way that I process emotions then. It affects your limbic system. And that is then altered forever. And yes, I went to therapy, but I do know that I never spoke spoke about that. Um, Never dealt with it. And I don't know how to deal with it because I would need to talk to him, but I don't talk to him. So, um, and I will never talk to him. So that's like one of the like many moments where you're like, these decisions that happen or these things that happen in people's lives affect them to the end of time until you step back like you said look into the past I know that was a moment that affected me deeply and there have been many and then also being gay in a society that also um, has a compounding an intersecting effect on your mental health Mm -hmm. that then manifests in the person you are today yeah so that's why i am highly strong and angry and anxious at people's bullshit because i can see it from a mile away that's why i don't like the one girl at work because i see so much bullshit (laughs) i'm like can't you yeah you could feel it Mm. you're you're it's easy for you to feel 
a disturbance in the force. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I know I'm talking a lot, but there's like this no, one. No, oh my god, no, you're fine. There's this one thing where like someone explained like you know how um some people may not understand someone that has anxiety or depression. So let's say that like we we have two cups, right? Right, and it's yeah. like like a person that has grown up in an environment that is conducive to them being able to handle their emotions mm-hmm. in a healthy way yeah. like l- let's say their cup is like uh, halfway not even halfway full it's like a little bit full right mm-hmm. and the person with anxiety and de- and and uh, family problems and depression all these things have their cup is like halfway full right yeah. and then you add the stresses the regular stresses of just being a human being and you add the same amount to each cup which yep. one is going to overflow first obviously you know and the so that is already... yeah and so that is the representation of what it is like for people who come who are descendants of slaves for people mm-hmm. who are mixed race for people yeah. who are um um korean asian chinese uh japanese malaysian yeah. like everything that is not white is that we start off life with much more stress and problems that literally comes gets into your uh, genetics because stress affects the way that your immune system is able to function oh yeah so yeah 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 ugh, for anyway. sure so we all are born with a temperament oh yeah that's just something natural that we all have but then where the trauma comes into play is so that's like how you you know internally react to things mm. right but then where the trauma comes into play is when is how you outwardly react yeah. to things yeah. as well. Oh, so I was going to say that like someone might be a naturally kind of joyous or naturally sad or maybe a little bit prone to anger. But then how they function with other people is a reflection I think of of that trauma. It can affect the way that they move and interact with others in this world. Mm, it, yeah. Yeah. And I just thank God well, I'm not really that religious, but it's kind of just a saying. But okay. anyway. Yeah, no, no. I, I am violently yeah. anti-religious. <laughs> it's like, thank the universe that I naturally am such a happy-go-lucky, joyous person. Because the other side of my coin is that I'm very anxious. And I was born an anxious person. And I just think if I had the temperament that's a melancholy type of, type of temperament, I just right. think I would... We would not. I, I I might not be existing anymore. And yeah, like that's suicidal true. or something like that. Like I feel like me just being like that positive cartoon type. Well, you know how I am, type of person. <laughs> I, I feel it. like it's what kind of saves me from my anxiety and. But isn't that, like that isn't that the story of black people is being able to take the yeah. trauma and turn it into art or humor or music or something yeah. like because yeah. we yeah so that is where the beauty lies yeah our um, resiliency has been passed down has been there, as oh, well yeah listen <laughs> but <laughs> at the end of the day like no matter the amount of trauma that i've experienced it doesn't give me the right to be an asshole to anyone like oh, to yeah. speak disrespectfully to mm-hmm. them um it, that's you know that's that's why I don't like people like Kanye West or so you know yeah um, that's why I don't like people who say like for instance I'm Latina and because of that that's the way that I talk to people it's like no yeah. that's your yeah. your race your ethnicity your gender is no measurement of how you speak to people mm-hmm. it it yeah. uh, it doesn't work that way make it make sense no it's true but these behaviors are learned and it's and it's normalized for 
yeah. people yeah. as well. And I think something, especially with our generation, it's kind of like, if you don't deserve me at my worst, then, then oh, like, if you, if you don't accept me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. And it's kind of like, this is how I am. Take it or leave it. Yeah, but accepting your worst yeah. um, doesn't mean that I have to devalue myself or, like, put myself second. I can accept that that's the way you spoke mm-hmm. to me. But I also don't have to allow you to speak to me like that again. No, for sure. So you're, yeah, you're no, right. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're totally right. But I think for some people that do have these negative uh, expressions when they interact with people. Mm. It's justifying their own behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because it's just kind of like, this is how I am. And I don't, I don't really need to change it. But I think there's nothing wrong with changing and trying to evolve into a better person. And we're always growing. And I think self-reflection is scary but it's what a lot of us need and especially uh people of color we really need it Ooh. and those that have experienced uh, or at least know that they have that they're going through intergenerational trauma yeah we have to examine ourselves and i was looking online and doing research and it's like what can we do oh, me too. to move forward and honestly they were just the, uh, like people were just saying, I was listening to people speaking and different healthcare professionals, and they were just saying, "We have to talk about it." We that's and this is part <laughs> we of have why, to talk about and it. And this again is part of why I'm mm-hmm. doing this to show people that me being so specific and vulnerable yeah. is 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 both is yes, it is kind of self-serving because it's low-key kind of like therapy. Yeah, but it's also to show that you need to be vulnerable with yourself too. Yeah. For you for you to heal, to start healing. Oh yeah. And it's and it's scary too, because doing uh the research for this podcast, I was telling you I was discovering like this family history that I didn't right. know. And then I was discovering <laughs> things about myself and um how uh this trauma like affects your attachment styles and things like that and your relationship with your friends and, and family and uh, you know, people romantic things and i just started dating this guy and now i'm just like examining everything like uh, uh, what am i doing how am i <laughs> how am i coming across? like i was i'm thinking a lot more than i would like to think, to think. <laughs> but it's but it's helpful because also i was kind of like oh i should probably start talking to a therapist again because i do want to unpack these things but i don't want to do it by myself Self, yeah well it's i don't think that we have like your we don't have the skill to do it the only the as far as i've learned is that you do need psycho psycho analyst psycho psycho some, you need psychotherapy yeah you need some psychotherapy yeah i would say even past life regression therapy i would say even hip like hypnosis therapy like that kind of stuff cbd too wait oh cbd like weed <laughs> oh my god cognitive behavioral therapy cbt <laughs> but also you know a little a little, a, little a, little, a little devil's Listen, grass wouldn't hurt, you know? Wouldn't hurt, okay? <laughs> Just go to, let's go to Sokcho. Let's go to the beach, okay? Let's take some. Let's go to the beach, <laughs> beach. Just get away. Wait, well, how does it? Let's go to the beach, each. Let's go get away. They say what they're going to say. Have a drink, <laughs> clink, fun about light bed. Bitches like me, it's hard to come by. Hey, okay. All I know is that in that song, then she like references Twinkle, Twinkle, Little, little Star. star. <laughs> din, 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 din. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay, wait, do you know this? 
this reference. I have um, trauma, but it's not what I are. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at you rhyming trauma with like a Nicki Minaj song. <laughs> um, do you know this line that says like, um, broke boys don't deserve no pussy. I know that's right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so like, I think then we've touched into like the, the only way for mm-hmm. this to happen is for you to acknowledge, oh shit, like this behavior may come from somewhere. Let yeah. me go talk to someone. But then you mentioned something like when we were talking before recording um, about finding a therapist, the fear of that. for So for a lot of people in the black community, there's a stigma against... Like the, we would say yeah. BIPOC? Like, oh, um, black, it, indigenous... For people of color. People of color, yeah. Right. You're right, yes. So for a lot of us, there's a stigma of even acknowledging that you might have an issue or even just... You know, you might feel stressed or something and just wanting to go seek help, Mm. right? You don't want to let people know that there's something going on with you because it shows that there's a weakness. Yeah. Right? And no one wants to be seen as As weak. weak. Right? So a lot of people of color, they don't want to go seek out help for that reason. They don't want to be known that that they need assistance. And then on top of that, if they do decide... I don't give a shit what people have to say. I'm going to go. I need to go take care of myself, Mm. right? There's a fear that they might not even be able to find someone that'll understand what they're going through. And it has been known that a white therapist cannot understand the black experience. Oh, no. Yeah. When I sought out a therapist, like I was like, it has to be a black woman. I don't even want a black man just because I'm a woman. So I want one, a woman, and she has to be... Um, black, yeah, or, or 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 Latina, like you know, yeah. whatever. That's fine. Because yeah, at the end of the day, a black man doesn't understand the experience of a black woman, but a black woman has the intersectional space that encompasses everyone's experience, yeah. whereas a black man stops at black man. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, because one of my things was about self esteem. You know, I'm not gonna believe a white woman if she's like. But you are beautiful. Or, you know, you just have to believe in yourself in this world. Who gives a shit what other people have to say? You know, I'm not really going to, like, believe what she says. But a black woman, I'm like, she gets it. She would be able to understand why I might feel less than. Yeah. Even though I'm obviously not. Yeah, but-, but she would understand why and then would be able to give me the appropriate um Tools, tools so i could dismantle that thinking when it does pop in because a lot of us have those thoughts from time to time that yeah. we're inadequate or not enough yeah i mean always i mean i think there's no human being that doesn't go through that mm-hmm. and i think it's also it's i think it's a healthy part of our psyche because it does push you to to try yeah. a little bit better but for that's in a in a in a healthier environment but for most of us that are by BIPOC, we could say, mm-hmm. um, that we don't have that healthy uh, psychological, societal development that happens with us. But something you said about like um, like how people perceive um, being vulnerable as weakness is that I say that there is great bravery in being vulnerable. There's great bravery in being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And bravery... Yeah. is a measure of strength. Mm-hmm. So actually, you are strong by seeking yeah. help. 
thanks. Well, anyone is. But I know you, are, are you just talking to me I'm, or I'm, to the listeners or I'm everybody? I'm talking to you. And, and if that's knowledge that, that people can take, then take it, yeah. darling. No, for sure. Yeah. And, and I also think that it helps to build community because sometimes when I hang out with my friends or I meet someone like a new coworker or someone like that, you know, someone that you're sharing an experience with and then you have those random deep conversations i always thank them after oh. like it was so nice to have that conversation and like thanks for letting me be open and you know they open up to it and thank you for sharing that with me oh because that's... they didn't need to do that i think sometimes when we go home and we reflect on the day oh did i say too much that's beautiful i don't yeah. think a lot of people reflect on the day i mean i do every single day <laughs> yeah. but i don't think a lot of people actually reflect on how their words and thoughts may have impacted other yeah. people's lives or their own. Ooh. I just think about like how I f may have fucked up. <laughs> I just spin it like in a more positive way. But yeah, and, and that always makes me feel so good when I have like these conversations with people and Doesn't we both it? and we both open up and even it's if it's about something that's Traumatic. such a sad topic. Yeah. Like, it, it, you feel better afterwards. Even if solutions haven't even been met or there's not a happy ending. And usually there isn't. It's just kind of like this thing happened to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, mm -hmm, me too. <laughs> you know? But it, but it feels... It feels good. It feels really good. But it, I also... Oh, no. Go ahead. No, I said it, it feels good. You also? Oh, and I also wanted to um, pivot back to when we were talking about seeking help or at least having the the courage to share your experiences with people, but then having the fear of being shut down or not understood. Mm. And I feel like that's something that's happening now with the general like conversation with Black Lives Matter. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of us, you know, th that's experiencing trauma right now because of everything that's happening front and center in the news. Yeah. And, um, all of this stuff is being presented. So we knew for the longest time, obviously, that BIPOC are have been treated like shit from the beginning of time, yeah. right? But, you know, if we try to bring up these things in conversation, white people or whoever else, you know, self-hating, BIPOC, white people, whatever, be like, why do you yep. have to make this about race? Like, you know, not everything's about race. Like, you're the one that's making it about that. Like, what are you talking about? Slavery ended so long ago. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, uh... You know, it's kind of like they don't believe the things that we're saying when we and bring that up is called stories. Gaslighting. Oh yeah, that is called gaslighting. Yeah. And right now, with this black lighter, a uh, black lives matter, <laughs> the lighter. <laughs> That's black the lighter. Do the left hand sign. <laughs> so, with um, with Black Lives Matter now, there is like. Every, everything's being seen. Everything's being recorded. It's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Like you can't, uh, you know, everywhere you turn, there's uh, evidence of our suffering right there. So easy for people to see that you can't even deny it anymore. But I think what's so hurtful for BIPOC right now is that now people are seeing it. Before they were like, oh, I don't see it. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, if you said that, people, like, you deserve a slap in the face. You goddamn see that shit. Okay. Yeah. It's out there. But not much has really been done. So it's like the stories have been told of our pain and it's out there. But no one's doing anything about it, which Be is what we're scared of in the first place, that we tell our stories and people are still like, okay. You know what I think may be happening? 
Mm. I just came up with this, or I, it just dawned on me, Ooh. is that I think that um, that by us talking about these things, why people think that they have to take responsibility for it. And so that's why, and, and there's no white person that says, oh yeah, 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 I'll take responsibility for mm -hmm. your pain. And, but that's not what we're asking. Yeah. We're asking you to see the effects that your skin has on my life. Yeah. And for you to be conscious and to fight against those effects in your community, among your friends, among your racist uncle that says shit at the dinner table. Yeah. For you to stand up. You don't have to show me that you're standing up, but by doing it within your Show it to your people because they're the one that's that We really don't need, need to, see. to see it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean it's nice and we do want to see it, but we already know what's happening. We know Does what's your happening. cousin Know what's happening? Why do I want to say my cousin Earl? I feel like that's kind of <laughs> fucked up. Not everybody's <laughs> my cousin Cletus. Cletus. But it's like no, like say it, say it to the Barbaras and the and the Jennifers, and the Karens, like, yeah, and the Karens, because it's not just you know. I think like a lot of Americans think, oh, a lot of racist people are, or ignorant people are from the South. Mm. Uh uh. Girl. It's 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 the educated folk too. I mean, there's educated people in the south. You know what I'm saying? It's not just the, <laughs> the southerners, okay? It's people from all walks of life. Not <laughs> just the hillbilly. Well, that's why it's so scary and why it's systematic because it's it's yeah. it, you know it goes up to the to the highest level. Yeah. You know, but it's mm. like yeah, these conversations need to be had within your own community amongst your own folk. Um. Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> I think we leave it at that little lovely point. Um, let's segue into what do you do like when you're like in a bad mood or like, yeah. but something that's specifically helpful or that you think is unique to you for your mental health? Um, so when I'm in a bad mood, again, I'm just going to segue back to just talking about it. Okay. That's something that like always helps me. Right. Um, to call my mom or to call one of my best friends. That's something that's always really helpful to me to just let it out. That for me, it's just letting that negative pressure inside out, like popping a balloon. Mm. Not popping, like just letting the air out. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that really helps. But if no one's around, you know, um, something that helps me is also like, uh, so if I'm stressed about something, uh, what ifs always pop into my head. There's always a lot of what ifs and mm. it's always the worst case scenario. The next step for me that's super helpful is I think to myself, okay, so if the worst possible thing did happen, what would you do? What would your plan be? Plan B, like B-E, but also what would your plan letter B be? <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And, and that always makes me feel better. So it's like, having a plan you know so if i think for some reason oh something you know god forbid happens with my job and 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 i have to leave korea immediately okay well then what would you do i would have a backup plan and i would be okay so the number one thing why i try to have that backup plan is so i feel okay and i feel secure that's why i'm having that anxiety in the first place is mm. because i don't feel maybe stable safe and stable safe and stable right but and that's then, a yeah. common problem for millennials is i was reading this article that we are not stable in our 40s like the, the millennials yeah. are turning 40 now like and we don't have half of what you know the other generation had so we live in a society where we don't fit in in terms of 
<laughs> I don't know, existing normally, I guess. Uh, whatever, what yeah, is, what thing, is things are too transient for us. Yeah. Yeah, um, we don't have that stability. But having the plan B and even the plan C, that really helps calm me down. Mm. So it's just, yeah, it, it's just to remind myself everything will be okay. And then that actually does make me feel better. It does. Yeah. And then I distract myself afterwards. <laughs> Enough thinking. Time for a show or a movie. Or, or some music. A little dance party. Oh, we should have a dance party. Yeah, that's fun. But um, how about you? Okay, so this week I did something so very specific. I tried to to identify this areas in my life that's causing me kind of un, kind of unrest, duress and whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm slowly filtering that out, but it also makes me feel kind of alone but the one mm-hmm. thing that i did specifically that really helped was phone use even though i'm on this beautiful trend of not using my phone mm-hmm. whereas i don't you've noticed i don't use instagram anymore i don't check it okay. i don't scroll um i check messages who I am probably... i gonna send these like videos of like these beautiful black women to <gasps> i love to send ivor like videos of, <laughs> of like these beautiful, beautiful black, black women, women. Skating, <laughs> just just being beautiful yeah. melanated and glowing in the sun and i'm just like yes queen yes because i know you appreciate the beauty of honey the same way that i do it's yes just, honey oh, good energy <laughs> and also it's just it's just nice to look at right it's, it's like just, a living painting honestly like <laughs> You can't. You can't compare. I would rather look at Beyonce than Mona Lisa. Yes. So, um, uh, shout out to uh, Haley. That's the older one, right? Haley. Or ha- it- Haley's the older one. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Or Chloe, is it Chloe? Chloe's the older one. Okay. Well, Chloe. shout out to Chloe because oh, she's been posting some things, and I'm Listen, like, girl, she's been feeling her 22 year old self, and honey, child, I'm <laughs> feeling it too. <laughs> I like it. I like um, it. But anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, your phone usage. <laughs> Uh, what I specifically did was when I'm going somewhere and I know exactly where I'm going, I don't pull out the bus app, the the navigation app to see how how far the bus is mm. or how, how much time I have. I stand there and I'm like, I fight the urge to check my phone because at the end of the day, whether I know it's two minutes away or not, it's still coming in two minutes. And you're still going to have to wait regardless. <laughs> I'm still going to have to wait. <laughs> so I chose to fight that that yeah. habit. And I left my phone in my pocket and I just let my hand feel that itch of my phone or like that, that, that habit. Yeah. And I just enjoyed the sunlight and I just enjoyed being there. I didn't even have music in my ears, which I usually do not music. I have like Buddhist chants or like a podcast playing. Ooh. So like, um, uh, or Tina Turner lately. What's Tina Turner? Tina Turner lately. No, no, or Tina Turner. Oh, comma oh. lately. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, did she like start something? Did she? No, <laughs> okay. if only no, she won't do that. Oh, but okay. it's like it's like Tina Turner, or it's a podcast, or like some Buddhist mantras that yeah. I like just have playing in the background. And so um, I didn't have any of that. I was just yeah. like in the moment, enjoying it, and it made me feel more. The emptiness made me feel more for some reason. Ooh, so like that there was is a fullness a in fullness. the emptiness. Yes, a full empty. No, a full emptiness. Mm. Ooh, wait. <laughs> There's a gay joke in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, with the Buddhist chants in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's an that. experience. It'll be a tantric Buddhist <laughs> homosexual experience. <laughs> I'm sure there's like some actual thing that you could pay for that 
is oh, like that somewhere I'm in the world. I'm pretty sure. Would or you do it then? If not, <laughs> or if not, I should start it. Ooh, there's mm. a market for everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's a market for my boudoir. Um, <laughs> um, but thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Q, do you have anything to say? <laughs> uh, um, I feel like I should say something. You don't have to say well, Thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Q. Um, it has been a great back and forth for us. It has yeah. been, I um, enjoy, even though it's an hour, 22 minutes. Um, I'm oh sure there's gosh. one person that will um, appreciate the podcast for being this lengthy, like my other personality. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> what? <laughs> no, like, it's just, I'm, I'm not surprised. For some reason, I had the thought that I was like, what if we just talk for 20 minutes and then that's it? But no, this is like typical, I feel like, and, especially things like this. And it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. But I, I will say one thing, though, that if you do have depression or anxiety or addiction issues or attachment issues, any psychological sort of thing going on, that it's okay yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You Start are, with it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, you're seen by us at least. And if you're able to reach out to someone, I think, mm. if you can. It's easier said than done. Yeah, it's easier said than done. I would actually, Loki Haiki, love people to send any story that I can read. Um, yeah. Because maybe your story could help someone else that's listening, mm. and knowing that you've helped someone else is also a way for for your mental health for you to feel good. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah everyone, please take care of yourself. Please do something, um, whether it is getting a massage, writing in your journal, um, fighting the urge to watch Netflix, or something that makes you feel. Uh, I don't know, more alive. <laughs> yes, dancing. More connected, do that dancing. dance party in yes. your in your room. Sing and, off key like yeah. I do all the time. And honestly, you it's good to eat healthy, but if you want to get that nice big fat juicy burger, mm. get that shit mm. and get it with the milkshake too. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm at <laughs> I'm at the age where if I do that, my whole Tuesday is spent on the toilet. So. <laughs> oh my god, a food hangover. Oh no. I hope yeah. that doesn't happen to me. I'm literally fifty percent cheeseburger, fifty percent <laughs> cheese. Like. <laughs> um, okay, everyone. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>